Hey there. <laughs> you bet. Good, here in Utah. Texas is far away. <laughs> what a strange thing it is to be a specialist in fish and shipping. <laughs> mm hmm. It did. Okay. So it's funny because people who get involved with fish, it usually happens because they got a fish tank and they got some fish and they had a good experience with it and they had somebody that helped them get started. And that happened to me, my cousin, he had been into fish for about a decade. He was a decade older than me and he was paying his way through college in Utah by breeding rare fish and then selling them and shipping them. And so as a 13 year old and he was a 23 year old, I got into it and I fell in love. I was just hooked from the beginning. So then I said fish off and on for pretty much the rest of my life since that time. Mm. Well, even today, that still happens when people come to the house. They're just, the first time that they're here, their mouth drops open and they go, wow, because it's so otherworldly compared to what you think is in a normal basement in a normal home. Yeah, so because my wife and I, um, most of our kids are grown. And, and not living at home, we had extra space in our home to create what is called a fish hatchery, I guess you could say. So I built a room that was 17 feet by 25 feet wide and long and converted it to a whole bunch of racks of aquariums and to where now I have 104 aquariums that are full of water and fish. Yep. He gets to help feed the fish, and he loves it. And he only gets tired of it every once in a while. Okay. Well, yeah, it was about, gosh, I don't know. It was maybe five years ago, something like that. To where because most of the kids were out of the house and I converted the fish room to a big fish room and I tried starting starting to sell these rare and unique um, fish that I was shipping and they come from the family called cichlids 
And some people have heard of cichlids and some not, but it's just a family of over 2,000 species of fish. And I've worked with maybe three or 400 in my lifetime of these different cichlids. So when I was raising them, I would bring in fish that I would raise up to be parents, and then I would create the conditions to where they could have lots of babies. And I only worked with ones that I knew were rare and that I could breed and then find an outlet for. But I tried to do that just in Utah here and sell all of my fish just in Utah for probably about seven or eight years before I even built the big fish room. And I felt like I was really hitting my head against the wall trying to create and market and then sell my fish locally because my fish were unique enough that I did have some market here, but I was um, breeding ones that were so rare that most people in Utah didn't know what they were or didn't have a there was not enough demand to maintain it. So I thought to myself, I have to learn how to ship these because I know there's a huge market in the U.S. for these fish and I just have to tap into it. So I was really nervous at first because I thought learning to ship fish, there's the potential that they would all die and I would do it wrong and make lots of mistakes and kill fish and lose money. But I thought I can't um, do anything else but try this. And I, once I decided that it was okay if I lost fish in the delivery and I would get better at it and finally figure out to, how to do it so that I wouldn't lose any of the fish in transit to wherever they were going. So I did. I started out and I asked all the right people as many of the questions that I thought I should ask to do it. And then I started shipping them. And so it's a little unusual. You don't just call FedEx to come to your house or drop them off at a FedEx or a UPS place and drop them off. You can do that, but I don't because I work full time. So I need to make it really smooth and easy. So I started shipping um, from the airport. And so our airport is 45 minutes away. And I package all the fish um, and ship them wherever they're going. And I don't ship them to individuals because I work full time. I don't have time to do individual sales all over the country. So what I do instead is I, I sell everything wholesale to pet stores, and then I ship them to those pet stores that specialize in my kind of fish. And then they will turn around and acclimate them and get them all strong again after the shipment. And then they will sell them again, retail all over the world. And most of them stay in the U.S., but some go out of the country. So because mine are rare, my fish are in demand. And I'm one of the few people in the U.S. that does this on the level that, that I do it. So the, the actual process is pretty involved. And I don't know if that's what you want to hear next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a special kind of styrofoam box. It's just a, fire, a rectangular square styrofoam box with a lid that fits exactly within another cardboard box. And so that's what I put them in. So the styrofoam is intended to help control temperature. So if it's too hot outside or too cold outside, that helps control the temperature. But then if it's the winter time, like right now, it's getting colder in Utah. So if I were to ship this coming Wednesday, which I'm, I usually ship on Wednesdays, then I have to make sure I have to I put heating packs in the container as well. So the heating packs help control the temperature. If it's too cold outside, that keeps them um, at the right temperature until they get to their destination. And I even have to be concerned about which 
airports they stop at so that they don't get too cold at certain airports where it's much colder. So in the winter, if it's going to Denver, it's much worse than if it's stopping in Vegas first. So I have to think about route. I have to think about the place that their ultimate destination is. And then when I pack them, I have these special bags that have been built just for shipping fish that when you open it up and put the water in, the bottom flattens out and there's no way a fish could get caught in a corner. And so I put clean, fresh water from these barrels where I keep it. The water's aerated all the time so it's moving and stays healthy. Then I put that into the bag. Then I put the right number of fish into the bag. I write the name of the, t- the species of the fish on the front of the bag and the number that's in that bag. And then I mark it off on my sheet of all the fish that they're getting for that particular store. And so when, then I go over to a packing station with the water and the fish in the bag. And then I'll, I'll squeeze the top of the bag, all the air out of it. And then I'll input just pure oxygen into the um, bag with the water. And that way, if they're in the the bag longer, the pure oxygen helps them last longer in the bag. They don't run out of oxygen. So then I close the bag with rubber bands on the top. There are some people that use these sealing machines where they have an iron ring that clamps off the bag. But I don't do that. Um, It's just easier for me to use a rubber band. And I double rubber band it so the oxygen can't get out and leak out. And then they're really, you know, gasping by the time they get there or they die. And then I... Close. I have another huge um, plastic bag that is in the bottom of the styrofoam box that all the bags go into a fish. And that way, if any bag leaks, then it'll just leak into the big bag and won't leak through the styrofoam and the cardboard and into the airport or into the plane. So then I eventually close up the box and I just use regular packing tape to close up the top of the box. And if I had the heat packs in there, I just tape the heat packs to the top of the styrofoam box so they're inside the styrofoam box with the fish but they're not touching the water where it would heat up the water too fast and then i just close that box off start another box until my list of all the fish that i'm shipping is completely done and once that's done i go make sure that the invoice that i created with all the fish and the number and the costs that that's all correct because sometimes i miscount when i'm trying to do a general count in a fish tank of how many fish i have of that species Sometimes I miscount and by the time I'm done packing them, I've, I've had too few, so I have to lower the number I'm sending them and lower the charge. So once I have a final invoice and I've taped up all the bags with heat packs or not, then I drive up to the uh, Southwest Cargo Station that's at the Salt Lake International Airport. And the people there all know me because I've been there so much, and I go about this, you know, in the same shift usually every time on a Wednesday. So... They take my invoice, they get my ID, they have to make sure I packed it myself because that's one of the questions they're required to ask so that nobody could have slipped a bomb in there. So they always ask me, did you pack this yourself? Yep, I did. Yeah. Uh, I would never say no, but I do say sometimes that one of the boxes is from a a friend of mine who packed his own stuff, but I looked at it before and then they're okay with that so sometimes i do ship with it there's one other guy here in utah county in utah that um we ship all the time together because his list of fish available is different than my list of fish available and so people like to join our orders so sometimes i do that and when they ask the question i said i've checked the box as though this box was packed by a colleague or a friend it's also shipping and they don't care they just want to 
bombs in there. So they trust me by now, but they're still by law to ask the question. Yeah. Still have to ask me that question and they still have to check my ID. They actually sent me home one time after driving 45 minutes to get my ID because I had forgotten my wallet. So uh, I zipped home and got my wallet all the way back and I still made the flight. So I've had a flight picked out as well and the route that it would go if it has to go to another airport before it hits the destination. But most of the time, my shipments either go to Texas, to Southern Arizona, to California, or to Portland. Those are the four main places that I go, but most of them. So, not by your house, though. Yep. <laughs> He's in San Antonio. He has a store there. Mm-hmm. The fish, yeah, they they go into a um a special cargo hold, and they go they have to measure each box that I bring up to make sure that it, they charge me the right amount because it is you're charged by inches and by weight both have an impact on the the charge, and so and then they'll put them in a in a temperature controlled cargo bay, and they'll stack them with other boxes and. You never know what they're going to be put with. And it's funny because every once in a while they restrict me on what flight I can go on because there's human remains being shipped home for the family from somewhere, like either military or some other reason. They don't want to be buried where they died. And so they are being shipped. And human remains, there's a lot of things you can't ship with it. And one of them is live fish. I don't know why, but but they have to. That can affect my flight sometimes. Yeah, it's it's the human remains that they want to protect them from, like perhaps water damage to the shipment. I just don't know. Yep. And so, every time you drop off fish, they give you what they call an airway bill, and the airway bill, all it is, is a document um, explaining the whole flight. And where they're going to stop, where they're going to go, and what time they're going to arrive. And you, know, you have to put on there that they're live fish, and you have to put on there how many boxes. They measure the boxes and then put all the measurements on the airway bill. And then it's the airway bill is intended for the receiver to know all the timing of everything and what's coming. They don't talk about the fish, of course. It's just the number of boxes and the weight. And then it's always paid collect, so I don't ever have to pay for the shipping. It's always the person collecting the fish. So. The guy I ship to in San Antonio, he will just pick up, he'll go to, to the dock, the Southwest cargo station, just like I did to drop them off. That's where he'll go, and he will know where to go and what time to go based on the airway bill that gets sent. So whatever what I do when I leave the station after having dropped off the fish, they give me an airway bill number, and I give that to the collector, the person picking them up. And then he'll just follow that along, the flight along from that airway bill. He can go look and see where the flight is, how it's going, when it's going to arrive. And then he goes to the airport right as it's arriving. And then it's usually about a half an hour before they can pick him up. And then they just take him home. So the airway bill controls all of that. If you're shipping out of the country, they you need to declare that they're live fish. There are more rules. Um, well, that's only the people who get them from me. Then they sometimes will ship to Canada. So, but because of 
<laughs> they have specific rules up there too. And during COVID, it was really, really messy. Nobody could even ship their, their live fish. So they had to wait. And now they're, it's happening again, but not because of, and I'm not doing it at that. Mine all go to these retailers and then they ship all over the U.S. and sometimes to Canada. Yeah, but me, just to those four main states that I told you. Uh, I, I guess not. It is a, it's a really fun thing for me. I work full time at my regular job as an administrator at a university locally. But I, um, this is what I do because I love it. And I do it on the side and it brings in a really solid second income. So um, that's why I do it because I've loved it since I was 13. And it's one of those things that when you finally stumble upon it, you know that that's one of the things you're meant to do your whole life. That's kind of what it is for me. So. I just have a, I don't have a regular website because it's more than I need. But I do have a Facebook fish page is what I tell people. So it's just All Red Aquatics on Facebook. I'm the only one there that has anything like that. And they can contact me through that or anything else. 